0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ethics in football, we dug ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Ain't no easy answer. Something I know. Now it's time to play that banjo. Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems, we're all in the same boat. Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better paddle fast.
2: Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. Uh, I am your university president, Kevin Paul, joined as always by my vice provost, Andrew Stevens and Brian Scott Rippy. Fellows, how are we?
3: What was Jerry Falwell Jr.? Was he vice provost?
2: No, he was president, He right? was
3: president? So what was Jerry Falwell's pool boy?
2: Jerry was Floyd, he vice provost? <laughs> Jerry Falwell's pool boy was uh, I think he was the head of the communications department. Okay,
3: okay. E- e- email compliance at poolboy.edu. <laughs> okay,
4: I hate to uh I hate to just get this off the rails from the get go, but as one of the that story was one of those I would say I saw from a distance. Wouldn't even constitute I followed it. Did he just admit being cucked? Is that what I Rip, Are you saying
2: you saw the story from a distance, but you didn't get involved? You just kind of saw how it unfolded? So,
4: Rippy, (laughs) I just didn't need anything more related to him. So I saw that was like, nah, I'll just find out later.
3: Yeah, Rippy actually, in between moving to Dallas, got a job as a quote-unquote landscape consultant in Virginia. (laughs) So what happened there?
2: Stuff like that, I don't really get involved with the action. Um, you know, other people do, and good for them. I, I, KP,
3: I'll let you run it down what actually went down, though. Okay,
2: break. so I haven't looked at the story in you know, a couple weeks.
3: No, I have a question though. We haven't recorded in like two weeks. This we we could have not touched on this because we haven't recorded, or this could have happened six weeks ago. I, I have no concept of when this <laughs> actually broke.
2: He uh, so Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, for those who do. Not know, um, was the president at Liberty University? Um, as we all know, they've made a pretty big investment in their athletics department, specifically football, in recent years. Um, expanding their recruiting operation, hiring Hugh Freeze, and whatnot. So, joy- they,
3: they they've essentially wanted to. I mean, they're doing what they've. Ca- they can to be the evangelical Notre Dame is what they've said. Obviously that's not going to happen because Notre Dame is predicated on tradition and they have none, but they, I I would say BYU probably a little bit closer in terms of uh, kookiness and um, investment.
2: Right. And uh, uh, who at, at a time was president there. um, You know, he of televangelism fame, uh, recently stepped down. Um, it started with a mysterious picture that he posted, That excuse me, that was posted from his Instagram account, where he was shirtless and giving the middle finger and maybe very clearly intoxicated. Uh, he said he was hacked, which doesn't mean like the photo wasn't taken well see that's, that's what i want to. can, can,
3: some, can <laughs> someone hack my body and just drug me up real good yeah
2: um and then as it turns out he was i don't know who leaked it who exposed it or whatever but it turns out that uh jerry falwell jr really enjoys um you know Watching his wife um, have fun with other people. And, look, we do not kink shame on the Banjo no, College is, Football No, this is a podcast. very
3: sex-positive podcast. Yeah.
2: Um, so, you know, Jerry, do your thing. We're proud of you, buddy. Uh, but he, you can't be president of Liberty and do that, at least publicly.
3: I'm going
4: like, to go out with an idea from the football coach there. What's his name?
3: I uh, couldn't tell you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now. No. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb though and say this is the coolest thing Jerry Falwell has ever done.
4: I'm torn. This story would be funnier if Hugh Freeze was the pool guy.
3: We don't know that he wasn't. I, I was about to say that, <laughs> that, that, that there are phone records that need to be scanned. There are burners that need to be discarded. Of we have no idea who, who the identity of this pool boy.
4: Does he have yeah.
3: teeth? Yeah. The, uh, I actually think it was when Daniel House, uh, oh, when he got yeah. he got in trouble for breaking the bubble. It yeah, was, exactly. It was to cut Jerry, Jerry wife. wife. Yes, yes exactly. That was, <laughs> yes, that was actually exactly what happened. All, Are you all, saying
2: this goes all the way to the top, oh
3: This is all in the same universe. One, one TV show happening up on Netflix in Virginia, one happening on Hulu down in the bubble, all one big universe.
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, we started out. Definitely on track with what we wanted to talk about.
3: I mean, the, the uh, <laughs> beginning, I, again, it's been a couple weeks, but the, the, the beginning of this show I think has followed the logic of – I mean, it's been pretty emblematic of what the fuck is going on in college football over the last two weeks because the Big Ten has decided that they are going to be in not my words but uh, of one previous guest, Alex Kirshner – Um, they're trying to be the SEC, and they're trying to be the Ivy League. And guess what? They're doing a bad job at both of them, because uh, they began the entire whatever coronavirus fiasco pandemic, and it seemed like they were going to be out ahead of things. I think, personally, it was for the wrong reasons. Um, I I think that they did not cancel for player safety like they touted the entire time. Um, And I think that they're... Weird, uh, the 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 investments and the studies that they've done onto this myocarditis and publishing reports and then redacting them. I, I think it has just been very clear that um, as much as they want to tell you that they have a plan going on, there is maybe the most flying by the seat of their pants of any conference right now because the three dumbasses just uh, lining the the south and east corridors of this country. We've been pretty stalwart down here and saying we do not care. This thing is fake, obviously, obviously fake. Yeah. That's what we all think on this program. Deep uh, fake. Yeah. Deep fake. Um, but that they were just going to go ahead and play. And so now the Big Ten has a little bit of Squidward looking out the window meme and is <laughs> saying, um, all right, what are we going to do to get this back on track? But in my opinion, I think they have burned all credibility that – I don't think they possessed a ton of credibility before this, but I think they have burned all credibility in the sense of, like, we are the Big Ten. We know what we're doing. Like, like fuck you, Michigan. Fuck you, Penn State. You are clearly not any better or smarter of a school than anyone else in the country because we're all dumbasses. Yes.
2: Yeah. and here's the thing. Um, if they wanted to be the Ivy League, the Ivy League canceled what, like, in June? Or like, or maybe
3: May. And and I the know that the, the Ivy League in basketball was the first conference tournament to cancel too. And, and
2: if you if you're gonna do the Ivy League cosplay thing, you just got to make that decision way early on.
3: Um, and you got to be smarter.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, the Big Ten acting like they are. Look, on average, are their schools smarter than the average of you know schools in the other Power Five? Probably, but just them Texas, Duke, Vanderbilt, Florida, Stanford,
3: Georgia, Cal. Yes.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, there's there's so many other schools on par of not just like demonstrably better than the schools in the Big Ten. Uh, so it's not like you know your doctors know what they're doing, and it's like, dude, I don't know. One of the most important hospitals in the world is at UAB, right? <laughs> so that's not a good leg to stand on. It, I'm pretty sure the Big Ten is probably what, along with the SEC, the two premier conferences, right? And the Big Ten is the guy that hosts the party um, every two weeks. And he decided, you know what, guys? I'm canceling. I don't want to do it. And they just expected everyone to not want to party. But the SEC said, you know what? I've got a big house, too. Fuck it. Everyone come here. And now the Big Ten is like, well, shit, I don't want to miss that party now. And the pack calls at home asleep by nine fifteen. That's a different story.
3: But all right. Well, I, I was about to say if we're talking about where I would rather be is <laughs> asleep at nine fifteen.
2: Exactly. And what are we doing?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I. I mean, I, I think that um, I, I really do not want to belabor this point because I. I, I think that um, if we do, we're going to just start yelling about coronavirus for the next forty-five minutes again, and um, I, I just simply mentally cannot do that. But, Rippy, please give me your read on this.
4: Yeah, I just think that, like, so you mentioned them, even them, like, being out in front of it for the wrong reasons and the SEC just kind of saying, fuck it, for the wrong reasons. I think, like, the whole, like, mitocardosis thing exposed both sides because I remember we did a podcast, like, about a month, month and a half ago at this point. It was, like, one of the first episodes where, I, like, and I had been kind of hearing this before the, in the hours leading up to recording that there was going to be this new study coming out that, You know, that uh, these dudes, like, there was a heart condition that, like, what, 30% of these dudes were possibly going to get from it, which turned out to be a hoax. And to where the SEC just kind of inadvertently was like, ha-ha, we came out on the right side of this, to where the Big Ten was trying to kind of use that as a meat shield to hide behind canceling for the wrong reasons, as you pointed out, Andrew. And then it turned out to be a hoax, and they got duped by it. So them kind of hanging in the middle – was the worst place to be, because even if that mitocardosis study was real in terms of, like, I say it's a hoax. It's not a hoax. The numbers were wildly inaccurate in terms of the percentage.
3: It, it was, I mean, just, uh, as you want to put it, the data was not, it was data was it a data. Yeah. No, no, I mean, if, again, if 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 you say if you say something is seven times deadlier than it is, I'm going to just go out and say that you misconstrued the data.
4: <laughs> yeah, so exactly. But the SEC is also not wiser for weathering the storm despite that study. Because if those numbers had been accurate, the SEC was probably saying, fuck it anyway. So like just like the big team got caught with their pants down on like both sides. And I don't even know if that makes sense. It just seems like they got caught in the middle, and that's the absolute worst place to be on this. Yeah. they got caught with their dick
3: and their ass now. Exactly. now.
2: Yeah. it's like the sec dodged the bullet but it's still running directly into traffic and hoping for the best yeah i mean it's like you didn't die from that but you know this might kill you
3: and i mean i feel like i argue about this ad nauseum online and wherever but like two things can be bad too like this is what we do this is classic american nature and just the world we live in but like it's all comparative. It's like we, we we operate in this world where it's good and it's bad, where it's like the shit isn't binary. Like analyze one thing, say whether it's good or bad or in between, and then go to the next thing. Just because the SEC is doing something that is bad, it doesn't mean if the Big Ten does the opposite of that, it makes it good. Or it doesn't mean if the Big Ten does something different, then it's good. You have to take both things and analyze them and say, all right, Is the SEC playing? Is that correct? Is it for the right reason? Right now, the only thing that I'm relatively sure of is the Pac-12 is making the correct decision. And I don't even think the Pac-12 is making the correct decision. I think they're being forced to make the correct decision because the state of California and Oregon and Washington would absolutely not let them play football. They're not going to be able to lobby those governments and you're not going to play a, a season with six teams. And so I don't even think anyone across college football is being quote unquote smart about this. I just think that you have some of those governments operating a little bit more competently, not allowing the Pac twelve to trip over their own dicks.
4: Yeah, it's just a different world out there, right? Like that was kind of the vibe that I was like getting from talking to people from like the get-go when it was like, well, the Big Ten and the Pac 12 are canceling, but the situations aren't all that similar because in terms of local, state, federal regulations, I guess not federal, but local and state regulations, it's yeah. just a whole different world in most of those markets than it is in the South.
2: Right. Like, at a, look, and here's the thing the Pac 80s and presidents probably unequivocally to a person want to play football because it, it's a revenue generator. Um, but also, it's like Are
3: we sure the Pac 12 makes money? Uh,
2: at, the, at the individual schools, the conference, no. The conference is hemorrhaging money because Larry Scott wants a golden toilet. Um, but take a place like Stanford. Stanford, like, very recently, was a perennial top 10 program. and Like, Near a major market, he couldn't sell out their stadium at all. They just couldn't do it. And maybe the best college quarterback ever. They just cannot sell out their stadium. It it it's not life and death with them, which I know that's you know that may be a little unfair to SEC fans, but it's like life won't stop if you know Stanford and Cal and Oregon State and Washington don't play football.
3: Yeah, but also like from a very real perspective, no, it's not a priority just because like. Dog, if I were paying sixty five thousand dollars a year to go to college, and I were in a college football, like, and my mental, uh, I, I don't know, um, capacity was dedicated to as much college football as I currently consume, I should have been brought out in the street and hung. But like the people, <laughs> the people that you're operating with out there don't go to those schools typically for football because as someone who went to a school not in their state but and same with KP yep. um, i can tell you that football was not not a factor and so uh, there is a reason why all things considered i was at georgia over georgia tech or something like it yeah
2: i mean i it's a good I, way. I, I, I got in alabama i probably could have easily just as easily have gone to i don't know What's see what what's the other power five school in the state of alabama UAB yeah exactly yeah. I that' have he's going to UAB too but it's like football was it wasn't the only thing but it was still important to me' yeah. was part of that I wanted that experience
3: and again I, th- this is also something that I, I feel like we don't talk about a whole lot but KP probably knows better than Rippy or I just because he's lived in in outside of the South for an extended period of time but if you don't grow up around college football it's fucking insane to like this sport. <laughs> like 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 it's absolute bat shit insane. i mean like really just putting aside like the ethics of all of it like we do on this podcast but you're like So you're telling me you follow 16-year-olds around the country, uh, harass them on the internet if they don't pick your particular institution, don't pay them, tote them out there on Saturdays, and then uh, this weird little small town becomes the third biggest city in the state at kickoff? What the fuck is going on Oh No, no,
2: no. You you don't harass the 16-year-olds, but you're cool with everyone else who does. Yeah, okay. You you condone the behavior.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Turn a blind eye to harassment. (laughs) Which is, which is a great way
4: to put it, though, right? Because like, it, like I've never really thought about it in the sense of trying to explain to a New Yorker when a 17-year-old releases his top 12 in terms of college choices.
2: That's huge. That's huge. I've been knowing who this person was since the second semester of their freshman year. They're going into their junior year now, and this is the most important time for me as a fan.
3: <laughs> no one thinks about me, the weird fan. <laughs>
2: it's like, dear God, I know this young man has to take trig um, this year. But Jesus Christ, if my school is not in that new top eight, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah.
4: I never had a job that required me to cover recruiting like heavily. I did an internship one time at a Jackson where, like, yeah, you know, newspapers like touch on recruiting, but not really. We had to go to some camps. But like, I would have people all the time when I worked full time in the industry be like, What's so-and-so going to do? And half the time, I wouldn't even have heard who the fuck they were. And the other half, I'm like, I don't know, dude. Does he have a driver's license yet? Because if he doesn't, I'm not giving you a fucking answer. Like, I just find that weird.
3: Yeah, I. Uh, someone asked me, they were like, do you think y'all are going to get so-and-so the other day? And it's like a five-star kid. I don't remember who it was, but I was – Happy that I didn't know who it was Because it was like I 27 last week I'm, I'm so glad that I don't know The the, the ebbs and flows of the 17 year old life It's just much better on my mental clarity
2: I, I have followed recruiting more closely In the last year Than I had in the previous like 6 years And when I say that I mean I go on 247 Like once a month Check the class rankings And say oh cool And then I exit it I can ma- probably name two or three people from Bama's current class. I'm okay with that. I'm going to find out who they are in two years anyway.
3: Yeah, and that, I mean, December, like when
4: it's crunch time, and you're like, I yeah. have targets. But people are asking me about fucking Arch Manning, and I'm just like, his mom's still taking him to school. There's no fucking way I'm gonna. To
3: <laughs>
2: this young man has to pick out a tie for a homecoming.
3: Like, <laughs> man, I will. I will say though. Being Arch Manning, uh, if you could be any 16 year old in the country right now, being Arch Manning would be pretty cool. First yeah. of all, yes.
2: I mean, Manning's a strong last name, period. But the fact that you got your granddad's cool nickname. I, th- I mean, Arch Manning's an all-time name.
3: Yeah, re- I mean, it really – and it's like, Archie, you're kind of a – like, you're – okay, you're a nerd.
2: You're, Archie, you're Archie, Archie Manning. Yeah, yeah,
3: but uh, you're a nerd. No disrespect, Rippy. Yeah, but uh, – no disrespect, man. Um, but no, actually, I, I guess he was a Saints quarterback. We have to be nice to him. Um, but – so this is actually – a something that that I've wanted to talk about since it's it's come out over the past couple of days, and I think Rippy um, can help me paint the picture easily because this is finally I, I think now that um, the season is actually starting for. Uh, we say for better or for worse, it's for worse. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame just canceled a game because seven people have the coronavirus. Top, also, t- but- top ten team, yeah. but Before I say this, I just want to I just want to hit this one note. Um, the funniest picture I saw from this past weekend was Notre Dame after the football game where they hit each other and spit and breathed and punched each other. Were socially distant for the fight song at the end of the game. So they've 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 got it they've got it down up there. Um, but what I do want to talk about is Otis Reese. And so for those that are not familiar, Otis Reese was a um, defensive back at the University of Georgia or a a linebacker defensive back type hybrid. Um, And he um, was a relatively highly touted recruit. I mean, in the definitely in the top 300, And if you're getting recruited by Kirby Smart to generally play in the secondary, um, from what we've seen outside of one weird second and 26 play that may or may not have ever happened, he has produced a pretty decent track record in the secondary, um, But essentially what has happened is Otis Reese came to him at, in the middle of last season, I want to say he said early October. And he said that I am in a very bad mental spot. I, uh, I've witnessed racist events on campus. They've happened to me and my friends. I've been pulled over and I've been targeted by the police multiple times. um, Whether it's as the passenger in the car or as the driver in the car, not doing anything. Um, And basically documenting a, a, a pretty consistent track record. And as someone who went to Georgia can vouch for this fucking track record. I mean, it's just not like, I know my experience at the university of Georgia is not the same as a young black kids at the university of Georgia. There's just no way. Um, and so the thing that has really annoyed me about this coming out was not only has Kirby smart done like he has done to, um, Justin Fields, not only has he done to Luke Ford, not only has he done to, um, I'm missing a- Cade Mays. Cade Mays, thank you. Um, he has essentially um, avoided rubber stamping their decision to transfer. And the way that the NCAA transfer process is beyond convoluted. You can, uh, Otis Reese, I believe, was approved by the NCAA this week, but not by the SEC. So you can have all of these different- um, approval bodies and essentially there are no rules about this as we have well documented the NCA doesn't make any sense there is no precedent there is no consistency because it's not an actual legal governing body and they can do whatever they want and so with otis reese he was um he was not rubber stamped and again a lot of these things if the head coach at the previous school will generally say no he's transferring for the correct reasons yada yada even though there's the correct reason should not matter. If you want to transfer, you should be able to transfer. If coach wants to leave, he can leave. Um, but he, he essentially said that um, he wasn't comfortable. Kirby would not rubber stamp uh, the decision, or Kirby did not rubber stamp the decision, even though Otis Reese has in text messages saying, finish out the season with your team, with your brothers, yada, 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 and I will rubber stamp this in the future. Otis Reese has essentially said, coach smart forced me into playing when I was at the lowest I have ever been in my life and feels that as I was taken advantage of and so um I I essentially just kind of want to get Rippy's take on this from the Ole Miss perspective because Otis ended up transferring to Ole Miss and, and is working to play in Oxford right now but my real problem with it is um I haven't really fleshed this thought out but like It's just really fucking annoying to see your head coach who everyone top to bottom across the country, across your fan base, across your friends, love the fuck out of this guy because he is winning on the football field. And he seems to generally be um, an active member of the community, standing for the right things. But like when you actually seem to peel back the curtain and you start talking to – the people that weren't like success stories at the University of Georgia, obviously, anyone that has gone on and done big things wearing a Georgia football jersey is not going to. Trash the head coach that helped get them there. But there are over a hundred kids on every single one of these teams. Kirby smarts bringing in 30 kids every year. Cause he's breaking recruiting laws or recruiting <laughs> rules. Uh, and so like you have five and six kids, like th- I'm not concerned about the top six kids that are going to go to the NFL in every class. I'm concerned about the, the kids sitting in his dorm room, like saying, am I going to kill myself because I don't know anything other than football and Kirby smart essentially saying, Hey dude, uh, why don't you just suck it up and do it for your team? I, 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 this has just been a very long-winded rant of me essentially saying um, Kirby Smart, I, I think, in the past two years or so has really shown that like this is not just a football thing. Like There is a weird control thing that he has – Past the football field, that is very, very negatively and adversely affecting his players or the players that he cannot um, use to benefit his team and himself. So, sorry, Rippy, uh, jump in, please.
4: Yeah, sure. I just, I at first, I mean, I, it's kind of the bizarro world that is 2020. In the term, in the sense that I learned something from uh, attorney Thomas Mars today. And the thing, like I just I didn't understand this Otis Reese thing, and you know, a lot of times with these transfer things because it's such a crock of shit. It's right. Like, how does Jamie Newman and JT? I guess Jamie Newman's a little different because he's a grad transfer. But like how does JT Daniels get immediately eligible at Georgia? But Otis Reese doesn't, and it leads to conspiracy theories. Otis Reese was a top 100 kid. I think he was like the 86th, 87th-something-ranked player in his class coming out of college. He would be starting for Ole Miss right now if he was ruled eligible, and yet he can't get his eligibility, like, any really clarity on it. It's just kind of like – it's like an MIP adjudication until you complete the community service and pick up trash on the side of the road. It's just hanging up above him, and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on with it. And I didn't understand it at first until to the point you brought up with Kirby. I saw Thomas Mars. Like I rarely learned anything from Twitter. But like but He tweeted today, it was like, if Kirby had rubber stamped this, like this wouldn't be an issue. And it just kind of gets into the vindictive nature of kind of bad breakups when it comes to terms of you know, unpaid recruits and athletes leaving a school for another school. And I just – I don't necessarily understand it. Oh Miss is not contending for the SEC West this year. Oh Miss has not played Georgia. If anything, if Kirby was like big brain stuff, he'd probably want – Otis Reese to play against Florida, but hey, what do I know? I just didn't understand it. And I kind of gained a little bit of a better understanding about it today with the whole Thomas Mars thing because, like the guy, hate the guy, you know, Walmart bribery scandal aside, he does have a lot of insight on this because he's essentially created a monopoly in terms of representing players. Because, spoiler alert, to get a waiver, you don't need legal representation, but he's created this market of dudes. And so he would know more about it than I do. And so I feel like I learned a little bit today just from him being like, hey, if this head coach stamped it. And so I didn't understand it at first. I don't think it's some grand conspiracy
3: that we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search
1: match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and
3: preferences every day.
0: Visit sleepingdogsmoviecom Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com/wandery. The
1: spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet, crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day.
0: Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
4: J.T. Daniels got eligible because it's Georgia and Otis Reese did it because it's all Miss, like message boards would like you to believe. But that doesn't make it any less unfair or any less horseshit. Because you read the kid's letter that he puts out last night, and he starts it off with, I didn't intend to invite this battle publicly, and I thought that was just a really poignant sentence in its own right. Because you have a lot of these kids that I think try to go public for – I say try to go public – the whole Justin Fields thing where you're not trying to delegitimize his claim, but you can kind of see what he's doing. He's using the rules to his advantage, right? He still has a sister that played sports at Georgia. He's gone back to Georgia since. But you don't blame him because he's using the rules to his advantage. But then you have a situation like Otis Reese where it seems very legitimate and very
3: wholesome and document. I mean, yeah. I think it's it, yeah, so, so, it. exactly. from the, the Justin Fields situation. Um this is this is what I have heard happened about the Justin Fields situation. He was um, – I heard a baseball player on the University of Georgia baseball team while at a football game screamed, I think, the N-word at or, – or get that N-word out. He, he said something about it when Justin Fields checked into the game. And from my understanding, that made its way back to Justin that it was this baseball player. It, it wasn't that – and again – it is not right by any means, but, and I think it's smart that Justin used the situation to his advantage because players do not have a whole lot of levers of power. He but gives it's their own choice. They have. But, to- it, and it's definitely, but it, it's definitely a situation that is different than something like Luke Ford who said, my grandfather is dying. He wants to watch me play football. I I really want to be able to play closer to home and closer to my family. Please just let me go play at fucking Illinois. And Kirby wouldn't let him do that. And like, this is where my my real problem with it is, is because you operate in these power dynamics. And a lot of these things that end up, no one cares about the preferred walk-on who something ends up happening and... and it sounds shitty because people like us should care about it, but it's always these bigger name recruit like it's the Tate Martells, it's the Justin Fields it's the it's the Luke Ford. I mean it's all top 100 type guys that end up because those are the type of guys that generally can kind of get their message out there. They're going to have 8 10 12 15 20,000 followers on social media and so you can kind of get a message out there whether it's a notes app or whatever um, about kind of what's what's going on in your situation. My annoyance with the Kirby thing is K.P. made made, – one of y'all made a good point that, like, he's treating it like a bad breakup in that this seems vindictive from the sense that, one, I don't think Kirby, like a lot of college football coaches that are headstrong personalities – I don't think they like to admit that they're wrong a lot. And I think that a guy like Kirby Smart View said, I went out and I recruited this guy. I vouched for him. I went into his home. I thought he could be a really good part of our program. And then he is either not performing on the field, not getting playing time, um, has off the field, I don't mean off the field issues, but is dealing with, with personal issues. I think Kirby looks at that as an indictment of, shit, I'm not as good of a talent evaluator as I might have thought. Two, and with that saying, stick it out, we can still figure this out. Two, I think there is a very weird, shady um, push-pull thing going on when a kid wants to transfer where a coach will essentially say, you know what we did, wink-wink, to get you here. And not necessarily holding that over his head saying, I'm going to go public because obviously the kid knows that the, the – School is not going to out themselves that they've been paying players. But it is this weird like paternal ownership of the, I got you here, I've benefited you now, you're an indentured servant to me, and I say you stay right here. And that's kind of the the way that I've always read that. And that's why these things really, really, if you know how college football works and you get these kids on campus and develop a relationship with them like it seems extremely manipulative and like unbelievably taking advantage of a kid with not a lot of autonomy for your just very marginal benefit I mean Otis Reese would have been probably like the sixth DB on George's team this year like that's what Kirby Smart is putting a kid through literal hell so he might have a little bit of fucking depth at the nickel and to one
4: last thing, and KP, feel free to jump in at any point. any interview you take Kirby Smart element aside, and two, it, it, like one, if you put Kirby Smart and all of that aside, Otis Reese probably saw that he was going to be the sixth DB or whatever, and then he wants to go to another SEC school and play because you get four of these years, and that's literally fucking it. And so, like, to your point, you should be able to transfer whenever you want, wherever you want, at least one time. And the second part of all this is – this year doesn't count against anyone. No. <laughs> Why in the world does it matter whether, wait, like, what good does it do him sitting out? It doesn't count against anyone's eligibility. He's literally sitting out and just not getting the free year that everyone else gets, which makes no it's sense. It's a
2: fake year. The NCAA came out and said it was a fake year and he can't play. My <laughs> biggest thing with this is well, maybe not the biggest thing, but something that's just blowing my mind. We're recording this podcast uh, on Wednesday night. Um, Wait, hold
3: on, hold on. When you hear this podcast, it will be KP's birthday. So, preemptive happy birthday to KP. Um, go tweet at him. Sorry. Oh,
2: thanks, 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 guys. Um, we're recording this podcast Wednesday night. Almost plays a game in like 64 hours. Um, and Otis Reese doesn't know if he'll be able uh, to play that day. And I think that's just asinine. Look, I obviously, we all think he should be cleared, but. Even if he's not cleared, let him know like you know before they go through final walkthroughs.
3: <laughs> I mean that was kind of why he went public with it was in that that note that he put out on Twitter, like Ribby said, the first line was like it was not my intention to take this public, but it really was a cry for help. It was like everyone else gets to go out on the fucking playground for recess, and you have not told me why I'm sitting in the classroom still.
4: Yeah, and anyone anyone thinking that this is some calculated ploy by him to actually take it public, he's waited nine months. He didn't have no free Otis hashtag until August, and he transferred in January. Like, October October 4th, he said of
2: last year. October 4th, 2019. It has been a a year that That he has wanted to leave
4: Georgia.
3: Yeah, and, and like, this is part of, like, I mean – it's just relationship management on any fundamental level. It's like Kirby or, or whoever. If the guy didn't want to be here, like this is a mutual partnership. To have a guy go and succeed on Saturday, you got to want him to be here and he's got to want to be here. Just like for any fucking relationship to work, both parties have to be consenting. If one guy's like, hey, coach, it's racist, it's bad, I'm not having a good time here, what the fuck is the discussion? He's my, gone, man. My, my
2: thing is, what it, it's crazy that I guess I don't know if Kirby's made this calculation in his own head, but it is actually great for recruiting if he just rubber stamped he, Otis' Reese's departure. Yes, if he said, "Look, if you're a top one hundred guy, you come in here, you compete. No matter what, like if something bad happens, or maybe you're not going to go playing time, whatever. If you want to leave, you can go and you can start and star at another, you know, power five program." That's good recruiting for Kirby. It didn't work out for Otis Reese for obviously for bad reasons, you know. But even if it was just like, even if it was just, look, I'm I'm only going to be the nickelback or the dimeback, and I want to leave. If that's it, then let him go. It's like then you can say, look, this guy that was top one hundred, that is all conference at this other school, he couldn't play
3: for us. You no, that was it. Max. But what they – I mean, they just want their cake and they want to eat it too. They, they literally – what they want is to tell these kids, you can be the 47th player in the country, come in, we'll move you to the third string, you then go to practice every day, you work, you make your brothers better, and you get a Georgia degree. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, man? This guy has, like Ribby said, four years to maybe prove that he is worth multi-millions of dollars on the open market. And you're telling him that he should just listen to you because he could get a Georgia degree and become an accountant? Are you
2: kidding? No, no. I take a guy, and this is just one of many examples. I don't know if you guys know who TJ Simmons is, um, wide receiver at West Virginia. He literally could not get on the field for Alabama. Like, for he was already buried on the depth chart, and then Alabama signed Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Henry Rocks. He charged. He's all Big Twelve now. You know, I, I think that's a recruiting win for Alabama. Uh, a guy that's all Big 12 couldn't get on the field here. And-
3: I say it constantly. <laughs> Justin Fields, recruiting win for Georgia.
4: It kind of is. It's insane. What was that? So, the kid that just got declared the starter at TCU. So, at one point, if I'm not mistaken, his name's escaping me, whatever his name is, Jake Fromm and Justin Fields in the same quarterback room, right? Wait, who? The kid that just got named the starter at TCU. Hold on. His name's escaping me at this point.
3: Wait, he feel you said he fields and Fromm were in the same quarterback room? Matthew Baldwin? Does
2: that ring a bell, Andrew? I
3: don't think so.
2: Uh, you think like Jason, Jacob Easton was in the I, same QB room? Don't don't maybe.
3: That name sounds more familiar, but I don't know. I, I Stetson Bennett was there for a while. I don't know if he's anywhere now. I guess he – no, he went to Juco and then came back as Georgia's backup. up um
4: missed this entirely.
3: I don't know. No, I know it because Georgia, I mean, they did they, – they recruited Eason, From and Fields back-to-back and then – or back-to-back-to-back. Um, and then – Downing. What's the worst yeah. of Kep, Kept – wait, what's up?
4: Matthew Downing was a walk-on at Georgia and is now starting for TCU.
3: Oh, Matthew Downing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Which is uh, a huge flex. Like, that's awesome. Like You got three dudes in there. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, it really is just, like, denial to admit that you're wrong because if a kid transfers, it as a coach, I mean, generally, I can see the logical progression to viewing that as an indictment on you as a coach. And so... I can see why these idiots are doing all that they can, even at the detriment of these kids, to just not admit fault at, at any turn.
2: Yeah, it's like because worst case scenario, a guy like Kirby is going to have to wait this out for three years. And then, you know, Otis Reese may go on to a very fruitful career in the National Football League, in which case that would be awesome. But, you know, Kirby doesn't have to worry about Otis Reese in three years. And he's got a multi million dollar corporation behind him, whereas Otis Reese has himself. And that's just, I mean, it's kind of why we started this podcast, right? It's just illustrating the dichotomy between, you know, a, a guy like Otis Reese should not have to do this alone. And I know that like he's got help from people like Thomas Mars, like people like the University of Mississippi, but it should never be a school or even just like a program doing all they can to hinder the success. Of someone that's not even in their building anymore.
4: Yeah, I yeah. think the level of vindictiveness that is coming with all these situations, and though it is Reese Kirby's smart situation, not unique. You would think that would happen when there's millions of dollars on the line in terms of like contracts and stuff. But it's happening in amateur, quote unquote, athletics.
2: Yeah, it's insane, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, I- imagine this happened in the NFL. Um, just, just think about it. If a guy like, I don't know, who's a middle Jamal Adams.
4: They're like, fuck it, you're going to play here.
2: Yeah. (laughs) They tried him with Jamal Adams, and he was like, no, you can't do that to me. (laughs) or,
3: Or you could be like the NBA and have David Stern just Block a Chris Paul trade because you want to. So <laughs> there, there is a slight amount of precedent for this. Yeah, that is a
2: precedent, and it was probably that was the moment that probably burst modern NBA Twitter because um, I was on Twitter back then. It exploded
3: for weeks. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and I mean that. You know what? You get to you get to make those decisions when you have a commissioner.
2: Crazy, insane! Okay, what a what a concept having a commissioner for a sport.
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that. Ultimately, um, I I would hope that it gets worked out by them, but I I just know that uh, I, as a Georgia fan, am very frustrated that – and this isn't unique to Georgia or any of major college – or any one school in major college football, but like, it really does suck to see it as plain view of – coaches staking their entire reputation on being a football coach, but being a mentor and a leader of men and a developer and like enter whatever cliche you need to have some parents sign off that this is okay, that their kid goes to this school. Um, and then you see that, well, it's actually, I'm going to be a leader of men if you can directly benefit me and if you can't you can kindly go fuck off. And actually, not even kindly. You can just go fuck
4: off. Yeah. Which brings me, I don't know, it's complete non sequitur, but we had a my, massive take quake from uh, Skip Bayless earlier in the week. So I don't, obviously, Deion Sanders got hired as Jackson State's head coach, which is fucking awesome. I can't wait to yeah. see what that looks like. He really- It
2: is awesome in the vacuum of Deion Sanders being hired by Jackson State. Everything around it is giving me pause.
3: Yeah, I saw <laughs> – when I woke up and I saw Deion Sanders hired by Jackson State and Barstool Sports last week, I said, huh, did not did not anticipate seeing that headline. No. Well, so
4: that happens, and shout out to to Primetime for getting a police escort and an Escalade inside of Jackson State's gymnasium. But outside of that, like Skip and Shannon, I saw this clip go viral because that seems to be the only way they get views. Shannon's hyping up his boy, right? Like, they were in the league at the same time. I'm sure they're friends. He's like, this guy's going to kill it at Jackson State. He's going to be an awesome coach. He's going to assemble a great staff. And Skip decides that he's not going to be one-upped on the take quake and starts spouting that – or starts guaranteeing that Deion Sanders is going to out-recruit Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. So, clock sticking, boys, because Uh, – I
2: understand what Skip means.
3: So um, loud, uh, it's hilarious to hear it out loud. Uh, see, Rippy, I thought your uh, Skip Bayless take quake was going to be when he called Dak Prescott's uh, brain gay for being sad that his brother died. Yeah,
2: Skip Bayless was this- really not like the circle these things. No.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, Skip Bayless is – you know what? I don't think Skip Bayless has ever really concerned himself with the opinions of those in Mississippi. Yeah. The last
4: week is I – know, I know we're bouncing around, but the last week is everything that's wrong with media. He unleashes that horrendous and really just kind of grotesque take about Dak admitting that he was depressed when his brother committed suicide as a weakness to opponents that are in the NFC East or whatever the fuck he said – and they just re
3: upped his seven figure contract. I mean, it's Fox. it's Fox Sports. That yeah. was that, that, the him, him. Having that Dak rant means that that Dak rant went viral, which means the views on the bottom of the thing made the ad dollars go in the right direction, which is all they care about. Yes. It's everything wrong with this industry. And it's
4: just – I mean that was a microcosm. If you want to talk about everything that's asked backwards about this, is just – that happens, and I, you couldn't have parried it. Seven days later, they announced a multi year contract extension where he's going to make six and a half instead of five million a year. I,
3: actually, I heard he turned it down because he's Trump's next SCOTUS pick.
2: <laughs> going back to the, we're not getting into that right now. Uh, rest in peace, RBG. Um, Going back to the original take, I understand what skip means. I mean, Mike Leach has never been known as a top flight recruiter. At I mean, he has to recruit to Lubbock and then Pullman. So he didn't really have the cash. And now he's recruiting Starkville, so I guess he has experience with that. If Deion Sanders walks into your living room, you're going to be more excited about that than if Mike Leach or Lane Kiffin does. The issue is there are 30 gentlemen. Who are anonymous that will walk in uh, with a thousand dollars cash? That will also walk into your living room after that, and maybe Jackson State has that. I don't know. I I, I consider myself a student of sweat football. I don't know what Jackson State's bad game is like.
3: Um, I have a legit. <laughs> I do have a le- like a legit question though. Is it about
2: Prime Prep Academy?
3: No, but we can't get into that. Um. So obviously. Deion Sanders is literally one of the coolest athletes of all. His nickname is fucking primetime. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I mean, he, he, he's, he has authored some of the greatest quotes in the sport. I mean, he is one of the style icons of the sport. But how relevant is he to a 16-year-old? And, I mean, maybe this is a very sports media take, but I feel as if every recruit's father is going to drop dead, pass out faint when Deion walks in there. But, like, if if you're a kid, if you're a kid though, thinking like Deion Sanders is fucking amazing, but is Deion Sanders that amazing to you that you would rather go to Jackson State than University of Alabama?
2: Do they watch the NFL Network? That's it. That's like his stake and his reputation on high school was watching the NFL Network on Thursday night.
3: Yeah, because it's <laughs> like I mean, yeah, but it, Reggie Miller is not the Memphis basketball coach.
4: It makes me miss living in Jackson. Like I, I, in Jackson, like a great place to grow up. Don't have any ill words to say about it. I never was really that interested in moving back there, but damn it if I don't wish I kind of lived there now because even if it's a fucking train wreck, I promise you it's going to be a fun one.
2: Oh, for sure, 1,000%. <laughs> my, my, my biggest thing about Dion is that, number one, I mean, obviously he raises the recruiting profile you know, by multiple standard deviations, um, especially compared to his peers in the SWAC. Um, but the thing is, he did kind of start a fake school um and
3: those are presidential qualifications my friend and lost a
2: lot lost a lot of people um money jobs and credibility basically just started a fake school just to get his son a scholarship offer right essentially and it worked it, it, it worked but it was to smu so it's like what are we No,
3: fau right
2: uh, i thought he went to smu um either way either way I'm looking forward to the Dion era, um, but I don't think it's going to be as a a slam dunk. As evidenced by, first off, Dion and Jackson State both going on the record denying that he would be the next head coach and then him revealing on his his podcast (laughs) that he was hired. And then someone reporting that he has it confirmed via multiple sources that T.O. Warren Sapp um, amongst a host of other NFL Hall of Famers would be on Dion's coaching staff. And Dion had to rebuke that on Twitter. This was like first forty-eight hours shit.
3: I think if we know anything about Dion is like this is I don't think this is a good thing, but like I feel like he's Trumpian in that like he's just gonna fucking talk. Like, like (laughs) you put him in front of a microphone and like in his mind, he might actually believe that he can get Randy Moss and Warren Sapp to go live in Jackson, Mississippi. (laughs) Like, like, like I do think it's one of those things that like in his mind, I guess he's fucking telling the truth. Just his mind operates in not this reality.
4: No, no. Owens would love the Fondren district. I promise. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> the uh I, i'll say this as as we're nearing the hour mark um this is why you tuned into this podcast fortunately we were able to not fucking talk about coronavirus for 45 minutes tonight and second this is a podcast with three sec grads and sec starts in 60 hours and we have not talked about it once and you know what that rules. We and we, because who cares? It's fake. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. This is a fake year. Um, as the years go on and as this podcast hopefully continues, we probably still won't talk about f- actual football that much. Uh, and that's our promise to you. We're going to talk about stuff that you tune in for. If you're listening to Banjo, still, you know what we're about.
3: Yeah. And also, split zone duo. Um, we are going to. Uh, welcome them to the podcasting, the ethical college football podcasting game. Alex Kirschner, friend of the pod. Alex Kirshner, friend of the pod. Richard Johnson, uh hope to be soon friend of the pod off mic friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, but uh just know that it's next man up. We're coming for you boys. Yeah. We're coming.
2: It's fun. You know, we enjoy we're not we're not running from the grind. Shout out to Dame Willard. No, this who is lost in five games
3: in the first round. This is two a day season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y- y'all bet y'all better come with your A game because if you need another college football podcast to record every 11 days, not release episodes or read ads properly, you're in for some trouble.
4: Uh, you know, what was Disney, the other part of that Dame quote? Y'all are chumps. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's fire.
2: Disney's about to nuke us. Yeah. That, uh, on that note, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to Banjo 11.
3: Uh, Banjo 11. We will come up with an episode title after I get high and re-listen to the episode.
2: Love y'all. See you soon. Bye.